Looking out the corner of my eye, I saw a pretty little thing. Hour two of the Monday crew. Final one of 2020. This godforsaken year is coming to an end. Chris Akonis and Dennis Geis are coming at you here on 88.7 FM. We were talking about the Jets quarterback situation, about Justin Fields, about Zach Wilson, about the lack of respect, in my view, that Justin Fields is getting from the Jets fan base. And, of course, you know, if you're just tuning in, you missed that, you want to hear it, uh, you can hear it on the podcast edition of the first hour of the WRSU crew, uh, Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. Give us a download and give us a listen. We are approaching week 17 of the NFL season. And we've got a, in my view, pretty intriguing uh, playoff picture. Dennis? Definitely intriguing. Um, we're getting we're, we're, we're getting to the end of it. Um not a lot of teams are left with a possibility of being in the playoffs. Uh, with the new seven-team system, it is seven in each uh, conference now, not the six, uh, which means it's one expanded from previously. Um, the Chiefs have already clinched uh, the number one spot in the AFC with the Steelers and Bills also clinching their divisions. Every other team is actually still up for grabs. The AFC South is still between the Titans and the Colts. And uh, the Dolphins, Ravens, and Browns are also fighting for wildcard spots. One of those five teams is not going to get into the playoffs. Um, and all of them have the exact same record, uh, which is very strange. Uh Personally, I I don't know. It's 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 going to be interesting to see what team doesn't get through. I think there's a pretty solid chance that it's the Browns. Um, although you also have to remember that a lot of teams are probably going to be sitting out a lot of their starters for uh, week number 17. Uh, Pittsburgh, I could see resting some of their starters just because they're guaranteed to not have the first seed and are also guaranteed at least third. Um which puts them in a pretty solid spot. Second second versus third overall is not that big of a difference. So I don't know. I can see them resting their starters and the Browns winning that week 17 game because of it. Um, and basically everybody else is eliminated over on the NFC side of things. The Packers, Saints, and Seahawks are still in the discussion for the NFC uh first round by um, the only way that the so it's it, it's it's complicated basically the only way that uh, the I need to I need, I need to think of what I'm saying here uh, the Packers are up by one game over the other two so if they win against the Bears they're through as the number one seed they get the first round by uh, if they lose the Saints and Seahawks need to win themselves. Um, the Seahawks also needing the Saints to lose in order to win the tiebreaker over the Packers. Um, the Buccaneers have also clinched playoffs. Um, the last uh, divisional champion will be the winner of the NFC East, which will be Washington if they beat the Eagles. And the winner of the Cowboys and the Giants game, if Washington loses to the Eagles... 
And then the last team, or the last two teams in the playoffs will be uh, two of the Rams, the Bears, and the Cardinals. Um, I mentioned a little bit of the scenarios earlier. If the Rams win, they're through. Um, if the Bears lose to the Packers, the Rams are also through. Um, if the Cardinals beat the Rams, they are through. Uh, and the Bears need either the Cardinals to lose or to beat the Packers to be through. Um, so a lot of uh, pretty interesting playoff scenarios, I think. Um, anything sticking out to you uh, in terms of all this playoff stuff, Chris? Well, I think there's an obvious explanation for five 10-win teams all duking it out for uh, like four <laughs> spots in the AFC. It's because there's a two-win team and a one-win team both in the same conference, in the Jaguars and the Jets. And when those two teams are both as bad and they're both in the same conference, that's going to pad a lot of teams' resumes. You know, the Titans play the Jaguars twice. The Dolphins play the Jets twice. So that's part of it, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I think... Also, um, another another aspect of it, too, is um, – how do I put this? You know, one thing that stands out to me just about that briefly is almost any other year a two-win team is enough to get the first overall pick. But not in 2020 because there are two historically bad teams both in the same conference. But what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, besides that, um, the other thing that really stands out to me – the fact that the 5-10 and 10 New York football Giants still have a chance, theoretically, to make the playoffs and win their division. It's not even theoretically. It's a pretty solid chance. It's just two it's games crazy. need to go the right way. They would host the playoff and game, And I think too. they're two coin flips. They would host a playoff game. That's crazy. System's yeah. broken, it, man. It's it's not great. I am not totally opposed to it. I'm always a fan of win a smaller division of things and automatically be placed into the higher thing. Like I'm still a proponent of uh, an eight team college football playoff with uh, all the power five conference champions getting automatic bids. Um, but at the same time, I think that it, it, it the, the Giants are pretty bad, <laughs> and so are the Cowboys, and so are the Washington football team. And the fact that one of them is going to be hosting a playoff game against uh, it's it's going to be against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers probably. Um, the fact that one of them is going to be hosting that uh, playoff game is kind of ridiculous for sure. Yeah, I mean, frankly, we should just have a selection committee uh, pick the NFL playoffs every year. Now that the, would be uh, funny. <laughs> get the Sun Belts like, ah. of the uh, of the NFL, which is the NFC East. Just get them out of there altogether. Right. I I, I know that the Patriots are uh, six and eight this season, but you know I I think they're good enough. Let's put them in the playoffs. <laughs> oh my God! Nothing gives me more joy than the fact that the New England Patriots will not be in the playoffs this year. Yeah, they are not good this year. Although they might be in a spot to uh, draft a quarterback. <laughs> Bills minus seven. Might want to get. I on like that. it. I. That's the thing. I think the Patriots want to tank these last two games. They they want they want a new quarterback. They want a better quarterback. Aren't they starting um, Jared Stidham tonight? 
Probably. I think uh, I saw it's, that it's, it's somebody yeah, awful. Let me, uh, let me confirm that. It's it's either Jarrett Stidham or Cam Newton, and Cam Newton hasn't played a lot better, and I don't think they have Cam Newton after this year anyway. So I I think they want to draft a quarterback in the draft, and it won't be Trevor Lawrence. Uh, it's possibly going to be Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, and it might be Trey Lance, but I I think they're going to jump on a quarterback. I think they want their quarterback of the future here. Um, now... Here's an intriguing uh, question. This kind of gets away from the playoff picture a bit, but I was listening to this on the radio earlier today. New England Patriots, um, I think they're getting rid of Cam Newton. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm. What do you think the possibility is that we see Jimmy Garoppolo back in Foxborough in September? How would that happen and why? They would have to make a trade, obviously. But think about it. Belichick likes... Garoppolo, right? Yeah. This is a team I, I, I that guess... has a lot of talent coming back. Keep in mind, yeah, they're six and eight. They didn't look good this year, but you got to keep in mind a lot of their team opted out because of COVID. So they're not they weren't at full strength even when you take the quarterback element of the equation aside, right? Yeah. And I guess the Bills look like a legitimate team. They look like they could theoretically. Uh, be the best team in that division for the next few years at least if the Patriots don't make a big move right now. Belichick's looking and, for and one I last chance to this... get the team back as contenders in that division, in that conference. And the best, quickest way he has of doing that is to pick up the phone, call Jed York out in uh, San Francisco, and figure out a way to bring... Garoppolo, who the 49ers don't seem to be sold on for one reason or another, and bring him back to Belichick where Belichick wanted him to replace Tom Brady. That That's... I On one hand, I get it, although on the other hand, I think a lot of the reasons for the Patriots are why you, you might as well just uh, take um, a quarterback in the draft. Like, this is a historically great uh qb draft class um if they end up six and ten on the year they're probably gonna have a pretty solid draft pick on their hands um obviously jimmy garoppolo's solid um but i i don't think i would call him necessarily a quarterback of the future for them um and i i think they could easily take someone in the draft and wait another year or two of being mediocre before trying to uh, come back in the division. Because I, I do agree that the Bills are looking great for the time being, and the Dolphins are even looking pretty solid. But I, I think the Patriots can weather a year, uh, maybe another year of trying to get a new quarterback adjusted uh, and start taking over the division at that point. Because, I don't know, I feel like a... Uh, a new quarterback is what they need because that's been their big hole for the entire year has been. It's like, okay, a lot of players have sat out a lot of issues they've had with their team as a whole, but none of their quarterbacks have sat out. It's been Cam Newton having troubles. It's been Jared Stidham having troubles. Uh, I, I think you want to draft a new quarterback. I, I, I just don't understand what they would. And, and I, I guess I get on the sense that like, okay, they can get, 
Garoppolo in some kind of trade. I'd be curious on how that trade ended up working that they would end up getting Garoppolo because the 49ers would want something. And I don't know that there's anything that the Patriots could provide that the 49ers would want, especially something the Patriots would want to give up in return for Garoppolo, because I don't think they want to get rid of a lot of the players who they need to make sure that Garoppolo is working. Cause I, I guess, I guess at the core of things, I'm not sold on Garoppolo. <laughs> okay. Like, and I'm not I saying I necessarily am, are. but I'm thinking that, you know, the Patriots are going to, I think, do whatever they can to try and get it, the right guy under center next year. I mean, I don't think they're sold on Cam Newton, obviously. I don't think they're sold on Jared Stidham. Um, I think, personally, that, you know, you look at the guys that could be available. Yeah, New England, if they go 6-10, and 10, they'll probably move up. They're slated to pick 15th right now. They can maybe move up to, like, I don't know, the highest I could see them going is, like, maybe 10. But, You'd have to either be gambling that Zach Wilson or Justin Fields somehow fall to you, or you really like Trey Lance and you think you can start an FCS quarterback in year one. And again, like I said before, I've not seen all the tape on him. I'm not going to make a judgment one way or the other. Um, but I think if Belichick were going to do that and go on the draft, I think he'd either be willing to move up, which doesn't seem like something that Bill Belichick would do, um, or he's really sold on one of the uh, second-tier rated guys like, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Kyle Trask. I mean, there there are good players in there. Is the thing, like it's it's. I mean, uh, Mac Jones could win the Heisman. <laughs> Kyle Trask had a very good year. I mean, there there are a lot of very good players in the draft at quarterback, and uh, I don't know. I just think that the the Patriots can land a good quarterback in the draft and one that Belichick signs off on and thinks is their quarterback of the future. I just, I don't know. I It, it feels weird to me that a lot of people are kind of assuming that they're not going to, uh, that the, excuse me, that the uh, Patriots are going to go for something else because it feels like the most obvious option, at least to me, is that they go for a quarterback it could be the the only I, I guess the only breaking point would be if there's not a quarterback available at that point, because I think the top after the top three quarterbacks, not a lot of teams really want quarterbacks. Um, and I, I can understand that, at least. But even still, I think that. <sighs> I don't know. I, I really don't know. Well, we'll find out, I guess. Uh, come draft time, like we're, we're talking about this and the season's not even over yet. <laughs> Um, but I guess come draft time, we'll find out everything. And we don't even know the order of things like the Patriots could definitely, I think, I think they are going to get an earlier pick because I think they're going to lose against the bills tonight. And I think there's a solid chance they lose against the jets next week. Um, just on the basis that they have no reason to try to win and the jets have no reason to try to lose because they've locked up the second pick. Of course, this would be how the Jets would get their first win over the Pats in five years. Yeah, that that would be hilariously funny. I think it would also be very funny if the Patriots still won. Like, they had all the incentive in the world to lose the game, and they still won it. Um, but I, I don't know. It, it feels to me like there's a possibility where... Uh, what's it called? Where... 
the Patriots just say, okay, we'll lose to the Jets. Ha ha. Oh no, we lost. The Jets are on such a great winning streak. Uh, and they move up in the draft to like, I don't know, top 10. Uh, and see if they can grab like a Zach Wilson at the back of things. Um, I don't know though. We'll, we'll see when the draft comes around. Yeah. And you know, for obvious reasons, I'm a bit more fixated on the draft right now, and I do apologize if I'm boring you to death, but I find that <laughs> stuff so interesting. I, I think it is interesting. You're, you're definitely right that it is interesting in that sense. Um, I guess to get back onto actual NFL stuff, yes. um, going into the playoffs, uh, I guess I, I guess the, the first thing is, uh, who do you think is the team getting cut in... Uh, the playoffs for each conference um disregarding the nfc east you can make your nfc east pick as well like who who wins the nfc east and which of the teams in the mix for the last wild card spot ends up not getting the wild card spot i are, are my two questions uh, when you say um, the wild card spot you mean the nfc uh in, in both conferences okay first off i think like i said and, and again a lot of this is predicated on alex smith being healthy i think washington uh wins the nfc east at seven and nine um, so that's my answer. Number one, uh, who gets the last, uh, playoff spot? Hmm. Well, let's look at, let's look at the AFC first. Cause this is where it's kind of like, um, you could hypothetically still lose and get in with the playoffs at seven teams. Um, mm-hmm. you've got the Titans. Um, all right. It has last week's matchup, which is very unhelpful. Uh, you got Titans at 10 and five dolphins, 10 and five Ravens, 10 and five Browns, 10 and five and Colts. 10 and 5. Hmm. I mean, I'm trying to think here. I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, the last team in is. I'm going to go with the ball, the uh, Tennessee Titans. I mean, they didn't look good against Green Bay last night, but I think they just managed to sneak in. Okay. I, I, my, my, my question was more along the lines of which of the five teams, Titans, Colts, Ravens, Browns, Dolphins, does not make it. Oh, one of oh, them is I'm not sorry. going to make I, it. I misunderstood that. Um, no, no, you're right. I'm going to go with the Colts. Really? Yeah, I think that. Well, who do they play last uh, next week? They're playing against Jacksonville. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. That changes it then. Um, yeah. <laughs> Gardner Minshew is a going but, away present. Ruins, uh, ruins New Year's Day for Indianapolis. Jacksonville's one win is against the Colts. That's crazy to think about, though, right? That was week one, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought, you see, I didn't think the Jaguars would be good, but like in week two, week three, I was picking them. I'm like, all right, they're kind of up and down. They'll probably win five games. How wrong I was. <laughs> I yeah. will say, um, looking at these scenarios on my end, I've got a little thingy. Okay. Um. It looks like a lot of it is dependent on whether the Browns win against the Steelers. Because if the Browns beat the Steelers, they are through and one of the other teams has to get dropped, um, which just going by the likelihood. um, Well, actually, I I do need to check what happens if all of the teams win. Um, Wouldn't it just stay how it is? uh colts colts are out um so yes it it would just stay how it is you're absolutely right 
Um, I, I'm not sure if it would change anything like strength of schedule wise or something like that. But yes, it, it would stay how it is. The Colts would be the last team out. Um, basically, that 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 is the thing. If the Browns lose their if the Browns win, they're in. If they lose, they're virtually eliminated. The Dolphins are guaranteed being through. And uh, yeah, the Colts would. Well, it gets complicated. <laughs> it, it, it gets complicated. Most teams, if they win, they're through. Um, the Colts are the one big exception. Um, because the Colts lose most tiebreakers. Um, so if every team wins, then the Colts are out. And if the Colts are tied with anyone else, they're probably out as well. Um, but I think still along those lines, I think the teams most likely to lose are the Dolphins and the Browns. And if both teams lose, the Dolphins get through. So I think that the Browns are the team that's not going to make the playoffs. Well, I think with the Browns, it also depends on, you know, what the deal is with their wide receivers. Like if that's all true. their wideouts are out, that's going to be hard for them to make it. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, for one, am hoping that they do make it. I think Brown fans, like Jet fans, have suffered way too long. They deserve to see their team in the playoffs. I think they've got a pretty exciting offense, if I'm being completely honest. Um, yeah, so I'm pulling for them. I think that the Colts are incredibly lucky that they're playing Jacksonville. Um, I also don't trust Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, with a 10-5 and team who needs to win to make the playoffs. Call me crazy. Mm -hmm. History has not been kind to me in that regard. <laughs> dropped the pass we were going to beat That's the Bills sad. and he dropped it and then we lost and everything's been bad ever since that's sad it was a sad day for I me. guess <laughs> I guess Chris we can uh, hop over to the NFC to yes, uh, my team um, so the two the, the two games that matter for the rest of the NFC is the Rams versus the Cardinals and the Bears versus the Packers the Bears beat the Packers, they are through, and the winner of Rams versus Cardinals is the team that makes it. If the Bears lose to the Packers, then the Rams are automatically through, and if they beat the Cardinals, the Cardinals are out. The Cardinals need to win either way um, over the Rams. If they beat the Rams, they are in. Um, so yeah, what do you uh, what, what do you make of that? I'm sorry. You say that again. You cut out for a sec. Okay. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try to go through this in in a simpler way. So, if the Rams beat the Cardinals, they are through. Uh, if the Bears beat the Packers, they are through. Um, if the Cardinals beat the Rams, they are through. Um. Well, let's see. Rams have lost two straight. One of which. And, and note Jets, also that if the should, Bears uh, lose to the Packers, the Rams are through. Ignore. And for what it's worth, I think that, okay, if, if, if I had to pick between Rams and Cardinals, I'm going with the Cardinals. And who'd you say the Bears were playing? Uh, the Bears are playing against the Packers. Now, note that if the Bears lose to the Packers, the Rams are through either way. Okay, so in that case, I would go for the last three picks, for the last three uh, slots, I'd go Washington, L.A., and Arizona. Okay, so so you think that the Cardinals are going to beat the Rams and the Bears are going to lose to the Packers? Yes. 
All right. I think that's I think that's reasonable. I'm just like, I don't I don't want to see it happen because <laughs> I know that that's the, the that is the one scenario where the Bears don't make the playoffs. But I think it is, as he said, I think it's very possible. Um, it's very plausible. Um, especially because I think the, the Packers will be trying in this game because all they need to do is beat the Bears and they lock up the number one seed in the division. They lock up that one first round by. Uh, they get their playoff matchup against probably like a Buccaneers or something like not. I mean, they'll they'll dodge the Saints and the Seahawks. Not that I think either the Saints or the Seahawks is great at this point in time, but they'll dodge one of those teams. It's that the, this game means something to the Packers. I was kind of hoping they would lock up the um, first seed in the NFC last week or in week 16 so that in week 17 they wouldn't start anybody against the bears and the bears could uh have a have a jolly uh time getting the the win and clinching the playoffs and everything would be fine but the bears are going to lose and the cardinals are going to win and <laughs> it it'll be a whole problem in Mitch but we trust i yeah we we just got to we just got to trust Mitch that's the that uh that's a terrible idea <laughs> oh no Well, either way, I think that uh, th th those scenarios make for an exciting playoffs, I think. Um, yeah. I think that the Chiefs have to be decent favorites. Like, I wonder how much they've actually been trying. Like, I, I don't know how much they were trying against the Falcons. Um, that win locked up the first round by, but they were nearly guaranteed the first round by even before that win. It was barely a mathematical possibility that the Bills would get it. Um even in the scenario where the Chiefs lost both of their games and the Bills won both of their games, it would come down to some arcane tiebreaker um, that the Bills had almost no chance in getting. Um, but e even aside from that, I think the Chiefs have to be one of the favorites this year as every other team has looked a little shaky from time to time. Uh I, I do wonder who's coming out of the NFC. The Packers have looked the best out of all the teams there, but it's not like they've looked unbeatable. And I mentioned earlier, it's like, oh, they might get a playoff uh, rematch against the Buccaneers. Remember what happened the first time against the Buccaneers? They got absolutely trounced. Um, and that was the one of the big games that showed that the Buccaneers were here for real. Uh, and I'm sure they want to try to avenge that game, but even still, it's got to be a little worrying to replay one of your worst losses from the year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, here, here's my take on the Buccaneers, and this is just me speaking as a fan. I am never going to like Tom Brady for obvious reasons. Ultimately, however, I will say this. I am kind of happy that that fan base has a non-zero chance of competing in the playoffs and possibly even winning a championship uh, for all that they have been through, too. Like, I was talking about the Browns, but the Buccaneers have been quietly horrible. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So, I guess, Dennis, I'll, I'll ask you this before we break and go into rapid fire. Um if you had to pick one team out of each uh, each side now, what's your Super Bowl matchup pick, and who would you think would win uh, between those two? 
Um, so I think, so weeks ago, maybe months ago, I think very early on in the season, I had my Super Bowl matchup as Chiefs Saints with the Chiefs winning. And at this point, I think that's a pretty reasonable space to go with again. I think with Drew Brees back, the Saints are a lot better. Uh, I think that they might be a little underrated coming after coming out of a couple of rough weeks. Um, I don't think they'll have any issue with whoever they end up against in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, I think they'll probably be able to beat the Seahawks. The Packers game is going to be difficult. Um, maybe it won't even be the Packers. Maybe it'll be the Buccaneers, but it'll probably be the Packers. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I just think Alvin Kamala is having a very good year. Um, he's a great football player. Uh so I, 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 I like the Saints. I, I think the Saints can still get through in the NFC. I, I think the AFC is, I, I don't want to say foregone conclusion, because I think that's wrong. I don't think that the Chiefs have locked up everything yet. I think there are paths for the Chiefs to end up losing it. But definitely, I think that it would be a little ridiculous to pick anyone other than the Chiefs. I would not be shocked if a team other than the Chiefs made it to the Super Bowl out of the AFC, but I don't see any reason to pick another team out of the AFC. Um, so I have Chiefs over Saints still, which is what my pick was early in the year. What about you, Chris? Yeah, right now, I'm actually going to go Chiefs and Seahawks. I think that Seattle has, you know, they've won a lot of close games, but, you know, ultimately I think that they've shown themselves more to, than capable of going on a run. Um, and, and, you know, I do think the Packers are on paper the best team in the NFC, but uh, I don't like, I don't, it, it's never smart to go straight chalk and pick the best two teams in each conference because how often do both of them do everything right in the playoffs and no team gets hot, you know? I, I guess I guess I see what you're saying. Uh, I, I just think that uh, even still, I, it's hard to pick which of the two teams is going to be the one to slip up. Um, so I, I like taking the two teams that I think are best regardless and just seeing what happens. That's fair. I mean, yeah. I mean, if it is Chiefs Packers, I would have to go with the Chiefs there. I mean, I think the Chiefs are still the odds on favor to win the Super Bowl regardless of who they're playing. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Like, I, I think that the Chiefs against anyone in the NFL right now, the Chiefs have to be favored. It's just the question of can the Chiefs get through multiple different teams in a row to get to that point? And I don't know that that's a guarantee on the same level. Uh, so I don't know. I, I who, who did you end up picking? Was it Chiefs Packers? I said Chiefs and Seahawks. Oh, okay. I I can't say I like the Seahawks recently. They've just had too many awkward games. Um, like I said, they've played a lot of close games, but ultimately, most of the time, they've come out on top. And I really like Russell Wilson as a quarterback. I really like that offense. So that's why that's why I'm kind of leaning towards them. Okay, I th I think that's fair. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that, that that's definitely fair. I can see where you're coming from. I, th I do think that there are a lot of teams in the NFC that can make it through. I think all of the top four teams can get through. Because uh, all the teams have significant flaws, but also a lot of very strong points on the team. I'm, I'm including the 
three divisional champions uh and uh tampa bay in there as the top four teams so yeah i think all of them are decent enough to get to the super bowl uh i just think that they'll probably lose to the chiefs either way <laughs> uh, and if it's not the chiefs out of the afc then we could get a very interesting super bowl regardless because we'll probably get a team like the bills or something which would be very exciting to see in the super bowl I was going to say, if I was going to pick a team to upset the Chiefs uh, in the playoffs, it would probably be the Bills. They've got a very talented roster. I think you're right. Um, I could see it being the Titans. I don't want to predict the Titans. I could see it being the Titans or the Colts, maybe. Uh, but I don't want to predict either of those teams. I I, I don't know. I, I could just see either a very strong Derrick Henry running game like we saw against the uh, what's it called uh, against the Ravens last year uh, or uh, the Colts having just a shutdown defense day, which they've had a couple of this season. It's been very good for them, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's just going to be the Chiefs. <laughs> it's probably just going to be the Chiefs. Rapid fire time on the Monday crew. Chris Acones and Dennis Geisler coming back at you. Rasha is off today. We'll be throwing it to Scott Einhorn for some great music at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. But right now, going to go through some of the other topics that we missed talking about in sports this show. And we are going to start with the college football playoff coming up this New Year's Day. Or, yeah, this New Year's Day. I saw the countdown for the uh, championship game, and I... Got a little bit thrown off, but New Year's <laughs> Day, we've got the two semifinals. We've got uh, the Rose Bowl, and we've got the Sugar Bowl. Those are the two uh, games that have been picked as the semifinals. We've got Clemson and Ohio State in the Sugar Bowl. We've got Alabama and Notre Dame in the Rose Bowl. So, uh, Dennis, I guess your first thoughts on these matchups? You think, you know, it's going to be Chalk, Alabama, Clemson again? You think either Ohio State or Notre Dame puts a run at it? What do you think? Uh, well, uh, I, I will say before anything else, I'm excited that we have, uh, the, the Rose and Sugar Bowls this year, uh, contractually, the only times when we can have, uh, New Year's Day, uh, what's called New Year's Day, uh, college football playoff semifinals is on the day of the Rose and Sugar Bowl because, uh, or is on the year when it's to the Rose and Sugar Bowl, which is once every three years, because contractually they can't move the Sugar and Rose Bowl out of the New Year's Day slot. Um, so it's exciting that we actually get it on New Year's Day this year. Um, now, apart from that, uh, Notre Dame, Alabama is so obvious that I feel insulted every time ESPN has those little... Uh, things where they show uh like ooh, let's talk about all the strengths of notre dame and the strengths of alabama and see how they stack up it's like okay come on don't <laughs> don't patronize me i know how this game's gonna go Alabama's gonna win by a lot the line is 19 and a half i don't know that i'd jump on that line wow. either way because i think it's pretty appropriate i think alabama could win by three touchdowns or they could win by two touchdowns who knows um it's I, I don't know how Notre Dame is possibly going to compete. And the only 
the the only saving grace for Notre Dame is knowing that every other team that could have lined up against Alabama is probably going probably would have done just as badly. Or we literally know that uh, Texas A and M did do just as poorly against Alabama. So it, come on, <laughs> it's going to be Alabama. Um, but uh, for the All State Sugar Bowl, um, the 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 good old All State Sugar Bowl, uh, I think it's a bit more interesting. Uh, I think Ohio State is a lot better than Notre Dame. Uh, Clemson definitely has weak spots. They were a little rough, e- even even when they were using uh, not Trevor Lawrence. Uh, the defense was actually a pretty big weakness at that point in time, which they've shored up quite a bit since then. And I think they've looked a lot better since then. Excuse me. I think they've looked a lot better since then, but... Even apart, even given that, I think that Clemson still has to be fairly heavily favored. The line seven and a half for Clemson, I think that's reasonable. I don't think this is out of the question that I or sorry, not Iowa State, Ohio State uh, keeps this one close and even possibly wins it. But I don't think that I, I don't think that I expect Ohio State to win, and I think there is a chance that they don't even keep this game close at all. Uh, I think it's probably just going to be Alabama Clemson. Ohio State is the other team with a bigger chance to make a run. I think if Ohio State can beat Clemson, I think they have an okay chance to beat Alabama because I think Alabama Clemson's reasonably even between those two teams, uh, at least at full strength. But yeah, that's that that that's both mostly what I think about it. Uh, what about you, Chris? Got any predictions? Any thoughts on my picks? Well, I think you're spot on about Alabama and Notre Dame. I made the mistake of thinking that Notre Dame could maybe show up in a big game, and <laughs> yeah. I was proven wrong. Catastrophically so. Cost me 20 bucks. But that's a sob story for another time. As for Clemson and Ohio State, this is an intriguing matchup. One, I think if there's one X factor that will determine this game, I think Clemson is in most position groups, the slightly more talented team. I think two things are going to determine this. One, uh, will the Big Ten stick with their 21-day rule for keeping guys like Chris Olave out because uh, they tested positive ahead of the um, of the uh, Big Ten championship game? So if that's, if that's the case, I think that's going to be a huge blow to Ohio State. I also think it depends a lot on Justin Fields. Now, I think Justin Fields is going to play a lot better against Clemson than he did against Northwestern. Um, that's just my take about it. But then again, I'm also pro fields. So uh, interpret that however you wish. Um, but I think that those two things are going to be absolutely cri- critical. Right now, I'm leaning Clemson. I'd say about a 65, 35% chance that Clemson goes through. Okay. Uh, well, one thing I did want to mention is that uh, the Big Ten shortened the window from 21 days to 17 days. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So let's see. It was they tested positive the day before the championship game. That's the 18th. 17. They would miss the game on New Year's Day then. Because it'd be exactly two weeks. But they would be eligible for the title game if they make it. I think so. I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not exactly sure. I think because the, 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 conspiracy theory for a lot of people was the reasoning behind the shortening was so that Ohio State would have most of their players back for the Clemson game. Uh, 
which in in my head i can see how that would be the case um because 17 is such an arbitrary number of days um which i don't want to accuse the big 10 of doing anything like that but it's the only reason that makes sense in my head for that number of days which would also suggest that ohio state would have a lot of players back at that point i think even still clemson's looking kind of good <laughs> no they are they're i mean I, I think they're the clear favorite but i think that ohio state has a a better chance of pulling the upset than i think a lot of people realize certainly a better chance than uh, notre dame i mean for what's worth i think florida <laughs> yeah. played better against uh alabama than notre dame would but you know that's just me Also, got some breaking news in the NFL. Um, uh, Just heard on my phone a couple minutes ago, Jared Goff unlikely to play in Week 17. Uh, So that could potentially affect the uh, NFC playoff picture heading into the final week of play. They're really really doing this to my Bears. (laughs) They're putting us in a position where we need to be the Packers. And I don't think Jared Goff is the best quarterback in the world. I think the Rams... I, it's possible they could put up a win without him. I don't know who their backup is. Um, not sure if you know. I don't know. John actually. Wolford. Look it up. Actually, I'm curious. I don't think he's very good. I'm seeing John Wolford. I think a rookie out of Wake Forest. I don't know who this person is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it says John Wolford. Led Wake Forest to that famous eight and four season in the notoriously difficult ACC. <laughs> that was a that was a pretty good Wake Forest team. Uh, I, I I remember them vaguely. Uh, yeah, I remember that was like a thing. It's like, oh wait, Wake Forest is good now, not as good as uh, you know, Clemson because Clemson is like another level in that league. But you know, good for mm-hmm. them. Trying their best. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Um, but, you know, that came over the wire. I uh, had to get that in there. Uh, going back to college football, uh, Dabo Swinney stands by uh, his decision to rank Ohio State number 11 in his coaches poll, um, citing the lack of number of games that uh, the Buckeyes have played. Um, I'm curious to get your take on this, Dennis. I don't know. I would want to see the rest of his ballot just to see how he ranked everything else because I don't think that it's unfair necessarily. Like, more in the sense of, like, I get how you can make the case that Ohio State should be ranked 11th. I understand how you can come to that conclusion. I understand where he's coming from in that conclusion. I don't necessarily know because if if Clemson were the team that played six games and Ohio State was 10 and one, uh, do you think that Dabo would feel the same? I don't know. I always kind of come back to this where it's like, okay, I understand what this person's saying. I understand how they can go to this decision but when you step back and say okay what if it was from the other perspective where their team was getting the negative end of things i don't know if you'd feel the same uh i don't know what did you think chris well i'll read you his ballot or at least the top half of it he had alabama number one 
He ranked Alabama over Clemson, which I find interesting, but, you know. Um, had Notre Dame at number three, A&M at number four. Then he had Florida five, Georgia six, Cincinnati seven, Oklahoma eight. He had Iowa State and Coastal Carolina both above Ohio State at nine and ten, respectively. And that's interesting, honestly, because you're getting to the point where there aren't that many more games that were played. I, I think Georgia, whatever he had Georgia at, uh, was ridiculous because Georgia's not good. Uh, Florida, for that matter, is also not very good. Uh, I don't know. It's because it, you wonder what's the difference between nine games and six games because 11 games is more but nine games is a couple less i don't know we've never really had this situation in college football in many many years where teams have not played the same number of games uh so i guess i can i can give him a pass and that it doesn't really matter this year so sure rate it however you want rate this thing that will not matter in the future however you want to rate it and we'll see how the semifinal goes <laughs> i'm sorry like i get all right maybe you think six games is enough to prove yourself personally i think ohio state is is clearly a top four team even though i do think that the group of five schools are unfairly misrepresented in the playoff structure but to rank coastal carolina over ohio state i think that's just absurd i'm sorry and coastal carolina had a great year they're a good team but they're not better than ohio state i don't think if they played each other in a bowl game no one would say i think coastal is going to beat ohio state no one yeah that's true I, I i see where you're coming from in that sense i guess it's more along the lines of i understand how you can rank something not based on what you think the quality of the team is where you can rank it on on more of a sense of like deserving the ranking and earning the ranking rather than kind of having the ranking. Because I think it, it is a fair complaint of Ohio State this year that, yes, they've looked great. Yes, they've played very well in their games. They also just have not played a lot of games. And a lot of people assumed they were one of the best teams in the country, regardless of the games that they played, uh, which... They might prove correct, but either way, I think that you can make a case that that's not really fair to some of these other teams that have just played more games, worked a bit harder. But I don't know. Yeah, I also think it's unfair to like punish Ohio State because their conference didn't want to play in September. Like that's not something that they could have controlled. It's not like Ohio State could have played nine games. They chose not to. I mean, they they could have played nine games if they hadn't uh, had COVID issues on their team. Well, yeah, no, but that's also something that uh, they can't fully control. I that's was referring true. more to the Big Ten starting the season on October twenty fourth. Yeah, that that's true. I I I just mean more in the sense of like they could have played a nine game schedule and been a lot closer to the level of uh, Texas A and M or Georgia or something like that, but. Obviously, they had uh, issues that made them not able to do that, which I how how much can you blame Ohio State for that? I don't know. I'm not going to probably get into it, but I can also see how people would kind of take it as a, oh, they had all these games canceled because of coronavirus issues. 
like why do we even play the games anyway <laughs> if people are just going to assume that all of these were going to be wins for Ohio State and rank them accordingly? I mean, it does help that, you know, a lot of the teams that were expected to be good in the Big Ten were in um, the Big Ten East. I mean, of course, both uh, Michigan and Penn State uh, underperformed, Michigan more so than Penn State. But teams like Indiana and Northwestern, you know, they were two of the best teams in the league outside of Ohio State, and Ohio State beat both of them. Uh, so I don't think that – I don't understand. I, I don't think it's really fair to say that – it's not like they were playing all bottom-tier Big Ten teams and then they beat Northwestern. Like, they had a decently difficult schedule. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Like, I I don't agree that Ohio State shouldn't be ranked number three, but I can see how someone could honestly think that Ohio State shouldn't be ranked number three. I guess yeah. it, it also helps Ohio State that all the other teams are awful. Like, Notre Dame had an embarrassing loss to Clemson. Texas A&M had an embarrassing loss to Alabama. Uh Oklahoma's had a couple of weird losses. Iowa State's had a couple of weird losses. Florida and Georgia have looked not great. And then after that, you have group of five teams. So which group of five teams should get more respect than they do get. But also, it's not like there are a lot of teams that would typically deserve to be there that Ohio State is taking the spot of. Ohio State is kind of taking the spot you would expect Ohio State to have at the end of a maybe 12 and 1 season. Yeah. I mean they wouldn't have even if they played like a full nine game schedule, do you really think they would have lost more than one game? I don't think so. I doubt they would have lost a game, honestly. Yeah, I agree. At the same time, yeah, there's think, a reason you know, why the games get played. What was that? Uh, at, at the same time, there's a reason why the games actually do get played. Those losses happen sometimes. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but, you know, not like I said, not really something they could have done a whole lot about. Uh, I don't think it would be fair to punish them. I think talent-wise, they're clearly a top-four team. If you want to get mad at someone, get mad at the college football playoff for not expanding to eight teams. That's totally true. Yeah. And with that, we are going to wrap up. Uh, today's episode of the WRSU crew. We'll have a brief crew tomorrow at six. And uh, then we'll have the pregame for Rutgers, Purdue men's basketball tip off at seven from the rack. Dylan Allen and I on the call for that. You have been listening to the Monday crew on 88.7 WRSU FM, New Brunswick. Yeah, I'm going to take my, Hi, it's Olivia Munn with my shelter pets, Frankie and Chance.